It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to help you connect the dots between your intellectual, spiritual, emotional, and physical components. And I always tell people that it's like a table or a chair. We have four legs. And in order to live our best life, the objective is to keep those legs balanced. Uh, If you have one that's overly uh, balanced, and the others, you know, not so much, you're going to wobble. And the idea is not to wobble through life, but to go through it with joy and happiness. So uh, if you go to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com, you're going to see a list of all of the shows. I think there's uh, 13 or 14 pages now at last count. And um, you will have four and a half years of uh, shows that have been recorded and each one has a synopsis. And so if you uh, click on the show, you'll be able to read the synopsis and decide whether that's a good one for you to listen to. Also on that website, you're gonna see a banner for Boomers Forever Young. Uh, This is a company that has world-class nutritional uh, products. I have been using them for probably five years. And the two things that I do explain to people is that without your physical health, it's extremely difficult to get those other three legs up and functional um, when it's survival mode. And a lot of people have been in that for the last two and a half years uh, with the uh, pandemic. So you need to know two numbers. Doctors, unfortunately, will not tell you this. So you need to walk in and say, I want to know what my D as in dog three number is. And I want to know what my C-reactive protein number is. Now the C-reactive protein is the level of inflammation in your body. And that's where all disease begins. So you want it below a 0.5. I just had my physical and mine is now at a 0.1. So I have no inflammation running around in there to my knowledge. Um, The D3, you want above 70. And mine is 100 this year when I went for my physical. So she said, well, you can kind of back off a little bit if you want to. Um, But it keeps you from being overly concerned about coming into contact with any virus, let alone the coronavirus. Um, So it'll keep you from getting the traditional flus or colds or anything else that might be out there. So check out their website. Uh, They have lots of testimonies. They have wonderful videos. They have their own podcast and they have a lot of information about their different products. And um, should you decide that uh, you want to try something, if you use my first name, they let me do this. So if you just use L-U-C-Y, you will get $5 off of your order. And today that's, you know, a little over a gallon of gas. So there you go. You can have um, a little bit of uh, money back in your pocket if you want to use my first name. All right. So I have a brand new person with me today, and I'm very excited about introducing her to the show. Her name is Jenna. I'm saying that correct. Uh, Gina. Gina. Okay. Uh, Nelson. And uh, she refers to herself as a secret keeper. Um, And she's a member of um, the extended community of Western African spirituality. 
And her role is to educate and empower others to diffuse and transform the energy of secrets so that each person has more energy and permission for joy seeking. And that's kind of what the show is about is understanding that, you know, I have had people on my show that communicate with angels and the angels say, our job here on earth is to have fun, to, you know, fill ourselves with joy and happiness. And somehow along the way, we kind of forget that. And so um, I don't know whether it's because we do have a lot of secrets and they weigh us down or whether it's because we have beliefs that we keep trucking along. Um, I, I always think of uh, Ebenezer Scrooge and his friend Marley, um, you know, when they were having their conversation and Marley had all of these chains that were just humongous around him that he had been dragging throughout his lifetime and now was dragging with him as a spirit. So, you know, it's time to unburden. It's time to, you know, move into a place of happiness. And I'm hoping that today we'll find out a little bit more about how to do that. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Lucy. I really appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you and to also um, share what I believe is a really important um, piece of education that we can offer uh, the new generations coming up and then also ourselves um, because so many of us walk around um, with secrets, um, with pieces of ourselves that we keep hidden. And that the way our society right now has on hand to deal with that, I feel is limited. And so my my hope, my mission is to offer a new way of looking at secrets and some new options of dealing with them so that people don't end up on their deathbeds so often, um, finally unburdening themselves with pieces of their stories, pieces of their lives that they haven't been able to navigate. Um, and then finding that relief, right? That feeling of relief that they finally um, put it out there. They finally took it off of their system. Um, and I just do believe there's such a better way uh, that we can uh, educate children to learn how to navigate this territory of secrets, to have tools um, from you know first, second grade that they can then use to um, be more mindful, to know the differences between privacy and secrecy, um, to know what it's like to uh, be able to share things that are going on in their life, but not have to give all the details and find support. Um, and then also help people like me, right? Who um, held secrets for so long in my life and want to um, start the next day, the next chapter with more of my own energy available to myself. Um, How does the I, energy, you know, like when you talk about, um, it, I guess the secret holds a lot of the energy because you have to keep it inside. Is it, am I understanding that correctly? Correct. Okay. And so like a child that's in first or second grade, what kind of secret might, I mean, I can think as a therapist of some sure. But what is the typical secret that maybe a child of that age would hold? 
Yeah, so when with the workshops that I do with with children, a lot of what I'm doing is not necessarily finding out what their secrets are at that point, mm -hmm. but explaining to them what their what it would feel like if they had information that they began to carry and didn't feel that they could reach out to someone with this information. So that body awareness um, is part of what I teach them. And so to answer your question though, um, you know, I had one child, she was probably in third grade. And part of the, the work that I do when I'm working with children is begin by letting them know that they, no matter what happens to them in their life, that their their essence is pure, that they have that diamond center that can never be broken or changed. And so with this particular child, um, after the class, I, you know, I asked them all what was the most um, significant piece for them. Mm. And many of them said that part. And what then happens is some of those children went back to their parents and were able to share things like, um, I'm having questions about gender identity or um, this happened to me and I wanna tell you. And so that's the kind of feedback um, that I've received and the relief that those children have um, by having, it's a roadmap. I mean, that's what the educational piece is that I give is a roadmap um, that many of us as adults don't even have. Right, right. I, you know, having been a uh, therapist for over 35 years myself, uh, so many times it is, you know, the sexual abuse uh, hidden secret that, that, you know, they have a very, because they don't think that they'll be believed, yeah. you know, or that it's a member of the family. And so it'll, you know, bring out a lot of anger and uh, hurt and, you know, maybe yelling and screaming and stuff. And so they just keep it all bottled up inside. But I also think sometimes that, um, you know, being told by a relative or a teacher or someone, you know, kind of close to them that you're a bad boy or you're a bad girl. And it has nothing to do with maybe any sexual perversion that may have taken place, but just that they're always in trouble. You know, maybe they're ADHD or, you know, have a learning disability. And so they're being labeled. And so then they internalize that. And I'm sure that's a part of what you see as well. Absolutely, because sometimes it isn't a particular event um, that they're holding as a secret. It's a feeling, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not good. Right. Or I need to be ashamed of who I am. Um, and this, you know, this narrative that begins sometimes as a, as a young person, right? As a human being, we begin, we often um, begin to form these narratives about our life stories and who we are. So um, part of uh, what I do with children is one of the classes I teach is heroes, secrets, and warriors. And it's letting them know that they are the, the hero of their own life story and really beginning to help them become self-referential um, to look at um, different characters they may know in movies and books that they can see that most hero stories or heroine stories have support teams. They have Hermione, right? And Ron in Harry Potter. They have um, different characters 
that are there to support them. And that um, is also part of how they can begin to shape a healthy way of moving through the world. And then the warrior part is really honoring that, um, that, that life can be hard, right? That we go through, we go through hard uh, experiences um, and to let them integrate those experiences by honoring their resiliency, um, uh, the pieces of themselves that help them get through that. And so helping them gain a different perspective rather than shutting down. Mm, I like that. Um, I love the title that you gave to that particular program, I guess. So do you do these programs several times a year so that parents and children can plug into them or how does that work? Yeah, so I offer webinars um, and I offer individual um, sessions and currently I'm writing a book because um, what I am finding and where my passion is on this um, is that, and, and I'll step back a second here, is that I find that most people and the way our culture is, is that there are not a lot of avenues for um, people to help with the suffering of that, that pain that they're feeling about secret keeping. And the three options or the two options I feel that are available are to confide in someone, right? Who's uh, in their family or a friend or a teacher and that's wonderful, but sometimes those people, especially if we haven't been taught, um, don't have the tools needed to support that person. Right. Um, or they don't believe it. Or they don't believe it. Correct. And so sometimes that gets shut down right there. Mm -hmm. The second option is going to see a professional, which is wonderful, but not all people have access to that. It's not culturally acceptable to some people and financially it's not acceptable. So if those are our two options that currently exist, and if we know that about 90% of the population is running around with secrets, many about, I don't know if it's the, I can't remember the number, 30 at a time. Um, and if we know that that is a burden because it, it freezes up that part of our um, uh, life energy, and it's almost like I um, equate it to a black hole, right? It's kind of this sucking energy that until um, it can be integrated in our system, uh, it, it keeps us from having self-compassion. It keeps us from um, all these other parts of ourselves and that energy to be used for joy seeking. So what I offer um, is a third way. And so, and that's where the book comes in is there are many steps and there are people are on many different um, parts of this spectrum of their understanding of secrets. So I begin with um, what is a secret, right? Educating, what is their secret? What's the difference between secrets and privacy? Um, then I move into tools for healthy secret keeping um, so that we have, you know, whether you're an adult or a child, you can see, well, what would that look like? Um, and then I have, I talk about the energy, um, of a secret, the energy body, um, and the mental health crisis uh, that is going on and how it affects that. So there's a bunch of parts and then it moves into um, this 
and so all of that is to learn about secrets without ever having to disclose what your secret is. Right. And so that is the very core of what I'm trying to do is to let there be some middle ground, right? Some bridge where it isn't just about if you're going to get support, you have to disclose that you can build awareness, education, gain tools that may then allow you to cross that bridge and get more help if you need, but that we're not just um, all kind of frozen with no options. So the next part of the book is um, is the secret keeper, and I consider myself the secret keeper, just a um, someone that can hold the weight of this and play that role in our society, saying let let's all talk about this. But the second part of the book is looking at secret keepers and then offering them a trauma informed um, self -com uh, compassionate path that guides them on their own in the privacy of a book to begin to navigate that territory, not the secret, but that territory around the secret that works so hard to protect the secret and the secret keeper and to be able to touch around those tender edges right. and and then tools to move on on through there so uh that's the basic that i'm that i'm doing and then i do ritual and um ceremony uh not in the book but as well uh, because it is sacred these are our sacred wounds and i i hold them that way and so i have other parts to honor that mm. i i'm thinking too that there's an awful lot of adults and and young adults that turn to drugs and alcohol as a way to cope. And so that leads them down another rabbit hole of addiction and trying to, you know, process their addiction. And they may or may not, you know, a lot of the old programs are gone where people could stay in a facility for 30 days, 60 days, and actually work with therapists and process. And it was all covered by insurance. But that went away a number of years ago now, and it's very difficult. I mean, here in Florida, as elsewhere, you can Baker X somebody for 48 hours, but then they are free to go. And you know that in 48 hours, they've done nothing to work with why they're in there to begin with or why a family member put them in there to begin with. Um, and so if anything, they've probably just stirred up a hornet's nest of anger and, you know, nothing else is going to get resolved. So it's uh, it's good to have a tool. And if you're writing a book that is, um, you know, done in such a way that they can navigate themselves through the book, you know, they can journal, they can think, they can process. And then when they get to a point where they go, hey, I really do want to work on this, you know, in a, a bigger way, then they can contact people like myself that can help them through that process. Absolutely. And, you know, part of the reason that I'm in a position that I, I can be uh, functional and uh, joy seeking is because, because I did work with, with the therapist that helped me uh, be able to manage my mental health and help me yeah. understand yeah, who I am and and regulate myself so that I could be so that I could have a rhythm in my life mm -hmm. that allows me to to keep um, I'm a creative person. I'm an artist and a poet. And 
to continue to be able to do that. So um, that's part of the goal too, is being that bridge that then allows those people to, to know that everybody has a secret. I mean, right there, that's sometimes all that people need to know mm-hmm. so they can stop being isolated to take that next step towards getting help. So they're bridges mm-hmm. for them so that they have the um, agency within themselves to know that they're self-protected and can make choices that are on their terms and that there's so much um, progress and relief of pain that could be made um, without ever having to share that secret um, yet. But of course it has to be done in, in obviously in, um, in such a very careful way. And, and that's what I've been training many, many, many years for to, to be able to uh, hold all those pieces. You know, one of the things that um, Native Americans have done, and I did a workshop many years ago with uh, Sunbear, and he was the one that uh, was teaching actually psychiatrists uh, throughout the United States how to do this technique because it was developed because they live in longhouses, you know, in climates that, um, you know, are not maybe like a Floridian type of climate where you can be outdoors most of the time. And so at the end of maybe the spring, you know, they've been together in the fall, they've been together all winter in this longhouse. I mean, they do go out, but they don't get a lot of privacy from one another. And so resentments can build, anger can build. So he said that uh, the way the Native Americans have handled secrets, if you will, because sometimes the secret, like you said, is a feeling, you know, it's just, I'm so angry, you know, at this, this, and this, you know, and maybe it's at a person or maybe a situation, but so they don't carry it with them. They dig a hole in the ground and they actually kneel and speak in any of their resentment or anger or frustration or anxiety, but they get it out of themselves and put it in mother earth. And then they plant something in that hole afterwards Mm -hmm. can grow that would be productive. And so this way, um, you know, they feel like they've allowed mother earth to absorb a lot of their negativity. And from that came something that was very positive. Beautiful. So beautiful. And ritual is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and that's a big part of my work. Um, and you mentioned um, in a, in my uh, in the introduction, uh, and I just want to point out um, that one of the reasons where my life became very clear, uh, I always I always knew that I wanted to support secret keepers from when I was a young child and went through my trauma, and. I remember writing in my diary, like, I will help you, like the next people, I will help you. And so, like I said, I did a lot of training and trying to um, heal myself so I could be available to this part of my life's purpose. Right. Um, but I didn't f- fully step into it um, until I met my m- most wonderful teacher. Uh, who is from West Africa, and her name is Sabanfu Some. And um, she has since passed, but her mission was to bring Western spiritual or uh, African spirituality uh, to the West. And your story reminds me, um, one of the parts of her 
that she shares with everyone is that we all have a unique role to play in the village community. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us. And um, her role was the the ritual keeper, the keeper of rituals. And when I heard those words, all of a sudden I knew that I could really step into my role, that it was not uh, something I made up. It wasn't something that I um, needed to hide, that I knew my unique role was to be the secret keeper and to hold people's secrets sacred and to educate people on um, alleviating these burdens. Um, But one of the things that is so beautiful about her is she would do grief rituals. And she would also um, have, she also carried so much joy in her being. Uh And she would have us go out and you would go walk uh, out in nature and the things you were grieving, you would pick up a flower or a leaf and you would think about the thing you were grieving about, spit on it, um, collect a little bouquet of it. And it was really representational of that grief. And then um, you would honor that grief uh, during a ritual. So um, what I wanted to just share about her um, was just, and to everyone, anyone listening is just that permission to really lean into those hints you get about your purpose. Um, Uh Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the permission part, you know, is, is really good because we don't give ourselves, you know, that very often. I don't think, Um, I think children do more so because they're less encumbered with all the woulds and would nots and shoulds and, you know, the woulda, shoulda, coulda kind of thing. But um, I, and so we look at kids and we go, oh, how nice that they can just do that. Yeah. And yet we have the capability of, of doing that as well. But we have to give ourselves that permission, like you said. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, so if a person wanted to be a part of like your webinars mm-hmm. or I'm, they couldn't do it in person unless they were just in your community and you're in Oregon, correct? Correct. So um, if somebody's listening and they're in Oregon, they can contact you. Maybe it wouldn't be you know, much of a commute for them to come and, and do a program face-to-face with you. But you also can do Zoom sessions, I'm guessing. I do. Um, you know, the webinars um, that you do uh, are several times a year that people can get involved with that, right? Yes, thank you. They are. And um, and they really follow the book. Um, the webinars uh, follow a little bit of what I laid out in the book. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so I do live in, in Portland, Oregon, um, hopefully with, you know, in the next in this year, you know, people can travel more and and hopefully I can travel more and do speaking and and workshops with um, schools um, and and groups and families. You know, I I just I love doing that and holding that space. Um, and the webinars, um, they're in three parts, which is uh, um, seek, uh, Secret Keeper, uh, which we learned about the stuff uh, I was just talking about. And then there's Grace Hunter, um, which is another part. And that's once we begin to have self-compassion, um, we 
start thinking we have to hunt for grace and you know before we realize it's all around us right. and then the last part is uh is joy seeker and that's how do we know what if we've been in survival mode how do we even know what joy is and so to begin to understand our own joy so yeah so my um website is um nurture three healing dot com and my email is gina g-i-n-a dot nurture three healing at gmail.com and yeah i would love for anybody who's interested um you know please reach out and we can chat and um i love this topic so anyone who would love to have conversations about it or has questions um i'd happy happy to connect i always think of a suitcase for some reason i'm a very visual person and i also do some painting and writing and things so i i probably use my creativity more than most therapists do but um I, I think of a suitcase and how we have piled into the suitcase, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so now it's sorting. And I just moved, as you well know. Yeah. And so I had stuff in storage that was there for over 20 years that I really had not gone through. But as I went through them, I kept thinking, no, I'm not ready to say goodbye. No, I'm not ready. So I, I gave away a lot of it. But I also brought a lot with me. And now as I'm actually settling in and putting things away, I'm sorting again, just like that luggage that we carry around inside of us and going, you know what, I need to give this away. Um, and, and not because it's a bad thing, but because somebody else can actually enjoy it. And I don't have the space for it anymore. I don't, you know, want to put it in the back of the closet only to pack it up again or have my family members pack it up again once I'm no longer here. And so it's a matter of saying, no, it's time. It's time to let these things go. And that's what people do, I think, in your program is they examine something that was a secret and they go, do I really need to carry this with me any longer? And then they say, no, you know, they can do a ceremonial release. Absolutely. And, um, and what you did where you created space, you know, you, you did it, it was the right time, right? Where you said, all right, I haven't been able to do it before, but I can do it right now. Yeah. And I look, you know, is the window of opportunity uh, where everything aligned where you could do that. And that's kind of what I'm offering is um, being a guide for people, but in a way that doesn't activate their, um, their nervous system where we go into fight or flight. Uh, the whole point is that we've all been in fight or flight enough. Mm. And I have very, very deep respect um, and encourage people to keep their boundaries, set their boundaries, listen to their bodies. Right. Um, and that there's a lot they can do without ever having to share with me or anybody else that's not part of it. Right. Um, and that we all deserve it, right? We all deserve um, to, to not carry so much pain. Um, I, I totally, totally agree. I mean, I think that that is one of the reasons people become ill is they have carried um, these little nuggets of shame or grief or anger or resentment, but they've carried them and let them fester to the point that that creates an illness for them. So yeah, it's time to do that spring housekeeping. I mean, here it is, uh, you know, the almost the middle of May now. And, you know, it's time, it's time to let go of stuff and, and only put in the things that you're going to love, the things that you, you know, have that bring you joy and happiness. Yeah. Relationship wise, um, 
and things, you know, if, if it doesn't bring you joy anymore, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Or, and even, and even um, shift it to, um, you know, this was a really, really hard thing in my life and I'm kept it frozen and maybe, maybe shift that energy into a higher vibration. That is, wow, I was really courageous. Mm -hmm. I got through a lot and let that integrate into your system instead of being frozen. Right. Um, so it's really looking at our wounds as sacred and um, understanding them um, so that we can be more fully who we are. And, um, and obviously I'm very passionate about this and, um, and I do hope that we raise a whole, whole next generation of people that just have access to their, to their joy and have some tools. So thank you so much. I appreciate this, uh, this opportunity, Lucy, and I love talking with you. Uh, well, thank you for being on the show and um, definitely in the synopsis will be your links and anybody listening to the show today, please, um, you know, share what you've heard and allow others to understand what uh, Gina does. And uh, we will have you back on the show. I think we figured out that uh, it would be early November. And so uh, we will see you again. Uh, they won't see you. I see you. <laughs> but um, we'll do another recording on what you're out there helping people do with their lives to bring them joy and happiness and let go of those uh, unnecessary burdens. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Lucy. Take good care. Everybody go out there and please make this your best life and share the programs with those in your family and friends that you believe would benefit from hearing the show. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.